0: To episode 112 of the Masterclass, my name is Cam, and as always, I am joined across this beer cap laden table mm-hmm. by my my good good friend, Mr.
1: Dave Hoag. What is up? How are you? Well, it's been a while since we've been together, so looking forward to
0: yeah, we haven't doing like, this. We haven't seen each other in over a month, right? I know. That's right, time bad. flies, the but holidays travel. Yes, you know. Dave went warm, I went frigid for mm-hmm. our travel plans. I got to experience negative temperatures and snow. God bless Michigan. I was going to say, I think we both say. went where we wanted to be. Yeah, where we were both <laughs> happy yeah. to be, so. You guys, you guys went warm and, and
1: beachy to Florida. Yes. And I went up to Detroit. Yeah, And you know, honestly, I, I, I guess when it comes to holidays, i take either. But give me the, but give me the extreme, you know. Don't okay. give me kind of like fifty degrees in Kansas. So, <laughs> which is what we usually experience. So,
0: but yes, we are back, and Dave dropped this bombshell on me right before we started recording.
1: We have now been doing this show for three years. That is, it is truly hard to believe. It does not feel like three years for me.
0: Yeah, but also to me, it feels like we've always done this show. Like, I think we've been doing it enough, obviously, 112 episodes. That's, that's something, right? Mm-hmm. That's not nothing. Um, but I just don't remember not doing the show, really. Like, if I really think about it, I can. But, like, in my just kind of, like, upper level, you know, or just the everyday things or whatever in your brain where you just kind of think of, like, this is my current. This is what I do. This is what I do. Yeah. This show resides in that part of my brain, along with, like, yeah. working, eating, sleeping. You know, so it is kind of crazy to think, and we we have slowed down our schedule for the show because we do dad college as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy to think that three years ago we were sitting in a room at my house with a blue Yeti microphone sitting in like six feet away from each of us, just yelling at this thing, <laughs> trying to figure out, like, if you guys want, uh. To laugh, go listen to some of our first episodes. Not because the content is bad, because the audio is atrocious. It's pretty bad. And you know what's kind of interesting and sad is that episode one of the show mm-hmm. doesn't exist, it's gone. I, okay. I don't know what happened. I can't find it anywhere.
1: Okay, so I'm glad you said that because I, I kind of was wondering that myself because there's sort of that little like teaser thing that we did where we just turned a mic on one night uh-huh. and,
0: and never and did talked. it ever again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that's kind of like listed as episode one if you really go to the beginning of the master class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it somehow got deleted from the website.
2: Hmm.
0: And back then, I wasn't saving the audio because it was on the website, and I could always just go download sure. it because I was an idiot. <laughs> so yeah, the episode that we recorded January first, two thousand fifteen, does not exist forever lost to the sands of time. Okay. Because it's not on the website, you can't download it on your podcast player. Cause that's where the RSS feed is served from.
1: That is very interesting.
0: So I don't know what we talked about. I don't know how long it was. I just know the date and the fact that it doesn't exist anymore. So while this is episode 112, you can only get 111 <laughs> episodes uh, to listen to. Um, anyways, uh, I guess that's a quick trip down memory lane, but it is yeah. just kind of, you know, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't, I told Dave let's gloat like jokingly, you know, cause we've been doing this for three years, which is, you know, we now, we now meet the three to five years of experience. If anyone out there is looking for <laughs> experienced podcasters, but it's just, it's kind of weird. I've never had a personal project like this. That's lasted this long. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like a lot of my ideas never get past the idea phase. Because there's always a new sexy idea around the corner, and I like thrive
1: on on (laughs) the the making of the the, or or on the
0: having the ideas and not necessarily the executing of them. Um, But I still remember sitting at Austin's. I I was about to say that we were at Austin's when you kind of, which is just like a run of the mill bar and grill that they charge you too much money
1: for. I think it's overpriced. We don't have a lot of options. We don't in in Gardner, America.
0: Well, and so, oh gosh, all right, full backstory. I was the youth pastor at a church in town here. Dave was one of my volunteers. Uh, he was a youth pastor before that. And, um, his daughters were both in the youth group, and that's how we met. And then I stopped being the youth pastor, uh, and Dave and I started meeting for initially it was coffee at like five thirty or <laughs> six in the morning or something obscene, and that quickly transitioned because I suck at mornings uh, to a beer at night. You know, once a once a week or once every two weeks just to talk and really kind of build the foundation for what this has become. And there was one night we were at Austin's and I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to ask him. I'm gonna, it It's like, I was finally asking a girl out on a date for the first time, you know, <laughs> like that's the kind of nervousness I felt.
3: <laughs> it's like, all right, Dave, our talks are great.
0: Would you maybe, I don't know, want to record them and, and do a podcast with me? And as far as I remember, your response was,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> that's how I remember it. But Yeah, and, and that's how I remember And basically, I, I, you were kind of like, so what if we just put a microphone in front of us while we did this? I feel like over three years, that's essentially what we've done. These are truly conversations that we would have, whether the microphone was on or off, mm-hmm. that we're both fairly candid in what we say. And
0: Yeah, and honestly, I think the only thing the microphones do is force somewhat of a schedule
1: we're still pretty loose with the schedule
0: oh i would agree with that um, but because we have to publish the episodes but that's the only to me that's the only difference i feel in the conversation is that we're scheduling when the conversation is happening instead of just being like hey man let's go you know grab a burger and a beer yeah you know last second um but personally and i don't know how you feel about this we're getting like so inside baseball right now we'll get to the bible in a minute i promise you can skip ahead if you want (laughs) um it's really kind of cool and scary to think that there's close to 100 hours of my thoughts on the internet
1: yep i would agree i don't know what i've said (laughs) in those episodes well and and honestly this is um, so this is one of the areas where I just have to say, God, I put it in your hands and I and I trust you. Um because I work in a job where the things that you say can come back can be used you. against you in the court of yeah. law. Yeah. And should we read the Miranda rights before every episode? <laughs> <laughs> and so I you know, I've I've wondered I I I have generally I have truly can say to you, I have wondered, um, have things that I have said on the show going to come back. Um, and even as I say that, I, I'm like, God, I trust you. And I, I, I try to speak truthfully and genuinely from, from a place of the heart and, and just say, God, if, if it does end up coming back and causing me, um, discomfort, uh, ease in my life, then, um, I just trust that it's in your timing and it's what you want to have happen. And, um, I have never, I, I, um, so yeah, I, I didn't expect that kind of feel what I'm feeling right now, but there is some angst in putting, like what you said, putting your beliefs into recorded format.
0: Yeah. Cause we don't shy away from. No. How we really feel about stuff.
1: No, but I, but I also believe there's an element of. Um. Uh, I personally believe I am speaking to a Christian audience. I am speaking to those who desire a relationship with Christ and want to, um, embrace that relationship. In that, what I say could be offensive to somebody who does not consider themselves a Christian. And while what I say may be offensive to somebody who's not a Christian, I don't not love them. I don't, I, like, I, my desire is nothing for, but for people to be happy and have joy and um, to really kind of experience what they were created for, and that's to be in a relationship with God. Uh, Well, and to um, enjoy him forever, you know? And so that has caused us at critical points, I feel like, in this podcast to say, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. And my angst probably comes from the fact that our world today very much is sort of a, well, if you believe that way, then you're a hater. And why are you so closed minded? Why are you so narrow minded? And I guess what my answer would be is, if I truly believe what I believe, and that has an impact on who you are in your soul for eternity, then for me to remain silent about what I truly believe is just idiotic. I don't think that is common today. I think there's a more common because i never say anything just to be offensive or divisive
0: no and i which is
1: what talk radio often and i know we're not talk radio but i know that's often what they do is they often throw a topic out there just to get people talking yeah shock and awe yeah and and i don't think that's where we're coming from it's truly it's the radio a,
0: version of clickbait
1: of what of clickbait clickbait you know? i don't
0: know, uh, I know clickbait it. is it's a incendiary or um uh enticing title to get you to click on something. Oh, uh, okay. A picture of a chick in a bikini with how to land girls like this and then it takes you to like, you know. And then you get there and it
1: has nothing to yeah, do with absolutely. that. Like yeah, absolutely.
0: Like ESPN articles are notorious for having this crap at the bottom of all the articles. Yeah. Um so it's okay, yeah, clickbait. Clickbait is what that's is, is the internet's version of a bait and switch. Sure. I'm going to show you something that is either going to piss you off or make you go, "Ooh," and then I'm only doing it to get your click. Yeah. And then once I've got your click, I'm going to hit you with a bunch of pop up ads or auto videos, or the article's not going to be what you thought it was. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also a YouTube thing to get people to click on your video by having a title that, you know, how to be a millionaire in five days, you know,
1: that sort of garbage. Like one of the things I've seen lately is the one of the, and this is totally <laughs> random, but it seems like one of the ones that stands out to me lately has been the whole Bitcoin thing on both ends of the spe- spectrum. Why you need to invest in Bitcoin now. Why Bitcoin is going to crash tomorrow, you know? And then you click yep. on it, and there's nothing... Well, I, I haven't clicked on it, so I don't really know. I assume... It's all, that all about that blockchain,
0: baby. <laughs> uh, Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, Bitcoin. Cool. Let's not talk about that.
3: But yeah, I, it, I guess, since we're totally off topic now, <laughs> our specialty, um, I guess uh, I would... Being on
0: this side of, you know, three years, like, and being able to look back at a project that I have done with one of my best friends. I would just, if, if you have an idea, whether it's a podcast or you want to start showing your art or you want to start showing your photos or you want to make music or you, you know, you want to, I don't like whatever your idea is that you're maybe nervous about, like, just try it. We could have tried podcasting and I'm like, oh, this is awful. We suck. And maybe we do suck. I don't know. <laughs> but yet we're still doing it. But we enjoy later. it, right? And that's the whole point is we, we do this because we enjoy it and we put it on the internet just in case it might help somebody else. Or just in case somebody else might be able to help us by Absolutely. saying, hey guys, heard you say this, you got it wrong and here's why. And so really like, this, this whole like project that we've done, any other shows that we've started after this one, it's just an opportunity f- to do what we enjoy. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, that if you've got an idea for a project that you think you would enjoy, but you're nervous to start because you don't know how. We didn't know how to podcast. When we, I didn't know how to record. We just figured it out as you go. And if, again, if you listen to the first episodes, you'll understand how much we didn't know. Uh, about the technical side of it but you just figure it out you google a whole bunch of crap and then you (laughs) trial and error until you land on something that sounds decent and then you just go from there um so yeah that's that's my little opening salvo is it's really cool to have a personal project that i can look back on at like this mountain of work that's a really cool feeling of achievement but also it's like it's it's proof positive that anyone can do
3: with what's available to us today, you can pretty much do
0: what you want to do as long as it, you know, doesn't involve building a rocket yourself and going to the moon. Like that's still I think a couple years away for people to do, but if you want to get into photos and videos or audio, you have
1: all the platform and tools you need. You just got to go out and do it. I would agree. And I was even joking with Cam before we started that we're binge watchers on Netflix. And we just Olivia, my 17 year old daughter, just convinced me to watch the end of the effing world, which is literally the name of the show. And there's like six or eight episodes. I can't remember. And they're like 20 minutes a piece. i never even heard of it. It's it's okay. I mean, it's like I wasn't like mind blown, but Mm -hmm. I didn't mind the three hours or whatever it was that I ended up spending on it. But I looked at her and I was like, you know, we could do this and she was like right whatever and i'm like no really i think you could come up with a topic and we could film six or eight 20 minute episodes that were worthy of binge watching and not that we're going to do it but now you now you've inspired me that <laughs> that we're going to do it but anyway and it's so it's so interesting because even when you watch uh, and i'm going to kind of go on another tangent here of like when I watch these um, Netflix shows, these binge shows that, you know, you got 15 seconds to click on it. and You can even skip the intro now. I mean, they've so designed this to, to pull you in. I, I'm like, I, this is this is sophomore English. Liter- it was literature class for us. And it's the whole, you've got a protagonist and the antagonist. And you've got the conflict and the, the climax and the resolution. And... I'm like, this is, this is what it's all about. If you have a great, you know, that draws people in and they want to know what the resolution is, you can get people, you don't, it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be,
0: anyway. Yeah, you don't have to create Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. No, 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 no.
1: That's true. Not at all. So. I mean, good on you if you can, but. And that brings up a whole nother tangent for me that I'm not even going to go into. <laughs> winter is coming winter is coming but we have to wait another year yeah, whatever <laughs> we'll be in year four of the podcast before the winter gets here yeah it's all right that is all right yeah, yeah
0: as long as they don't screw it up george you better not no never mind i'm not gonna jinx him <laughs> all Anyways, right so now that we've rambled on for uh 17 minutes 17 and 47 minutes. seconds wow yeah it's been a while <laughs> heavy sigh into the microphone. Yep, that's probably not going to get edited out. Anyways, <laughs> uh we are continuing on in Romans. Um we're in chapter 2, and there's a lot of good stuff here. Yes. So, we're going to start in verse 12, which is where we left off from mm-hmm. last episode. And we're going to
1: go as far as we can
0: um without making this episode 2 hours long. So Which I
1: think at that point it would be two episodes, right? I would hope so,
0: <laughs> but yeah, we're just going to, we're going to dive in and okay, see what happens.
1: All right, so we're, we're at Romans 2, verse 12, and we're going to go through verse 24, in the this section of verses begins with God's judgment and the law, which is...
0: Something d- you hear about every week in church.
1: Every week in church. Do we know who put the little titles in there when that happened? Uh, long, or is it, or long, is it different for... long after oh, okay.
0: they were written. Because the original manuscripts that were written in Greek, which we actually do not have, they are, if they exist, no one knows where they are. We only have copies of the manuscripts. Um, but the original, uh, what we have, so the, the oldest manuscripts we have do not contain uh, chapters or verses, just book Mm -hmm. names so uh at at some point the chapters were put in at some point the verses were put in and then at some point the little headers and Mm -hmm. section um you know markers were put in but I i don't have a year on that but i would imagine it was far 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 away from when
1: they were written so it's essentially what we're doing in terms of the New Testament, in particular with Paul, is we're reading somebody else's mail. <laughs> which, is, which is okay, because I think that was the intention, was to share the mail. But ultimately, it's Paul writing a letter to the church in Rome. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're reading Paul's mail to the Romans, uh, which at this particular time kind of had a unique little Um, piece to it in that um, there were Jewish Christians and there were Gentile Christians Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of the the, the tension, particularly I think some of the tension that we're going to deal with in chapter 2 and verse 12 through 24 is the the tension between uh, the Jews becoming Christians and then the Gentiles becoming Christians and kind of the law being Mm -hmm. a point of contention between those yeah, and then I think it's an Acts, and I don't know
0: the chapter off the top of my head, but there is a point where they're arguing about do the Gentiles need to become Jews as well, mm-hmm. in the sense of like being circumcised and obeying, you know, temple law and, and all that sort of stuff. And so, and that's where it really gets hashed out too. I think between like Peter and Paul, at one point, um, is about do the Gentiles need to be made Jewish Christians mm-hmm. as opposed to just Christians. Um and obviously they're figuring this all out because guess what? They're the first
2: ones. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so it's I, I will try and find that axe, but I probably won't. So, um, but yeah, that's there's that tension to it as well. Absolutely, the, the 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 Jews that are now Christians and the Gentiles that are now Christians, but there's also the tension of those that are Gentiles that aren't Christians outside of the church. Okay. Like that's there too.
1: Yeah, because judging Judging those folks.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and we've talked about that too, is like, you know, Christians judging Christians, cool. Christians judging non-Christians based on Christian standards makes zero sense. Yep. But it happens all the time. And the Christians judging Christians thing, or church discipline, if you want to call it that, my experience, doesn't really happen very often. Mm. Even though that's kind of what the New Testament church exemplifies for us over and over again. So anyways, that's, I think that's a good setup for what good. we're about to read.
1: Absolutely. So, okay, Romans 2.12-24. through 24. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, They are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent, You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of
3: it. All right. A lot of stuff in here.
1: There is a lot of stuff in there, and I'm guessing we'll do this more. We'll talk about this in two parts.
0: All right. So, all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. So, it doesn't seem like there's a uh, easy way out here. No, not right? at that point. Man, uh I'm trying to figure out how to even approach this. There's just so much. Um, all right, verse 13. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. I think that's a really um, interesting statement in the way that he phrases it. Mm-hmm. So it's if you hear the law, you don't stand righteous before God, right? Just by hearing it, that doesn't do anything. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I can... I can be a football player, and I can hear the play. If I don't execute the play, I don't catch the touchdown, right? right? I just stand there, and my team loses because I didn't do what I was told to do. I heard it, but that hearing doesn't accomplish the end goal. I, I must do what I'm told mm-hmm. to accomplish the end goal. That makes sense. Yes. But the doers of the law who will be justified is interesting to me. Doing the law doesn't justify you, necessarily, right? No. But if you hear the law and do it, you will be justified. And and that is going to get into his whole, I think, justification and sanctification discussion about Jesus and who he was and what he did and how it affects us and how it causes us to stand before God as righteous because of what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. But it does not eliminate our need to follow and do the law,
2: which I
3: think is
0: interesting. Yes. Because my experience is Jesus, 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 grace, 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 mercy, mercy, mercy. Isn't this awesome? Yes. Yes, but I feel like that's half the conversation. I think the other half is once you have come to an understanding of what Jesus accomplished and why he accomplished it and for what purpose he accomplished it, then the conversation switches to my Uh, sanctification, my becoming more like Jesus by doing the things that Jesus tells me to do, and not just by sitting in this pool of grace and mercy and floating and sipping on my daiquiri and, you know, Mm -hmm. getting a good tan. It's the now that I have been saved, now that I am presented before God as righteous because of Jesus, it is then my honor, or should be my honor, to then carry out the rest of my life in a way that would please him. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm earning that salvation, but because I'm working it out. Right. I am taking what has been given to me, and I am applying it to the rest of my life so that I can be a light and a guide to those around me that are seeking truth. Mm -hmm. And God, I suck at that. (laughs) I'm so much more comfortable in the big pool of mercy with my floaties and my daiquiri and playing some water volleyball. Yes. Yes. That's way more fun. It is. And I think that a lot of Christians would feel the same way. And I'm, I'm totally generalizing here. So if I'm wrong, please let me know. But my experience in church is, and again, generalizing, which is dumb, but say la vie. I'm not the smartest kid on the street. Um, a lot of church focuses on the pool party. If I'm going to continue my metaphor, which may not be a great one, but I'm going to go with It focuses on how to be good at church or how to enjoy God's love and mercy and grace. And it's not so good at the working out of your faith at your job, in your marriage, with your children, with your family members. It's not necessarily that great at teaching you how to take that salvation and work it out in places that are not church. Mm -hmm.
3: And I think that's a really big deal.
0: And, um, really did not expect to go there based on this, (laughs) but it just, the doers of the law will be justified. And I think that's something we cannot gloss over just because Christ has fulfilled the law does not mean that God does not expect people who are of him and are living in his kingdom to forget what it means to live a life worthy of the calling that you have been given. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Yeah. And I think this
1: happens for, so the Jews kind of did this in terms of what were God's chosen people and kind of rested on that. And then that is
0: a nice trump card to have in your back pocket.
1: Well, sure, 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 sure. But then, but I also think Christians kind of go kind of what you're talking about, this idea of, well, I'm saved by grace. I'm a Christian. You know, and that's that's all I need to do. And um, in terms of salvation, I agree. We are dependent on grace. We need God's grace. This is something that, that we cannot earn, we cannot do. Um,
3: but that doesn't
1: excuse us from, like you said, not actually doing something. We don't just rest on that. And think, okay, we've arrived. And uh, I think by definition, that's what that's like dogma, right? It's it's I believe the right thing, and so therefore I'm I'm in the right group, I'm in the right place, I believe what I'm supposed to believe, and so therefore, and there really needs to be this element of fruit, this idea of there's evidence in my life that points to uh I don't just believe it, but that but that you can see that it exists, um, in my life. And so, yeah, I, 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 and this even goes back to, I think to to Romans one of this idea of, I think inherently we all know what we need to do. We have this strong sense of right and wrong. And, um, this, it, it particularly gets, Quickly like we we're quick to point it out and say, that's what this is when we're wronged. Mm-mm. You know, if somebody wrongs us, we're quick to point out, "Oh, oh oh, oh, that's not fair. Well, why is it not fair? And we can give x, y, and z. But ultimately, it boils down to we all inherently know there's a difference between right and wrong. and I think God holds us accountable to that, that it's written on our hearts, and that uh, we are without excuse, whether Jew or Gentile, uh, for not doing what is right, and simply resting on this idea of being born Jewish or being a Christian.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, all right, so when Gentiles who do not have the law uh, by nature do what the law requires, uh, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have
3: the law. Um, I think
0: that, again, is, a, is an interesting discussion of when you see folks who are not Christians, mm-hmm. if I can extrapolate from the Jewish-Gentile thing to the Christian-non-Christian thing, which I think is a fair extrapolation.
1: I yeah, think. because it's the world that we, yeah. That we that is, that's really where we are. Um,
0: when you see non Christian folks doing things and living their life in a way that lines up with the Bible, it's very interesting to me. Like it causes me pause. Why are they doing that? Why would a non Christian serve widows and orphans? Why would a non Christian, uh, Feed the homeless. Why would a non-Christian care about providing homes for foster children or adopting children out of poverty?
3: It's a great thing that that they're doing it. I applaud it. I think it's wonderful. But what is their impetus for doing that? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't know. And when I see it, it baffles me. Because here's what I... When I say that, it sounds like I'm assuming that non-Christians are all bad people. I'm not assuming that. I know non-Christians that are lovely people. I know Christians that are terrible people. Right. It, it, one, is, one is not you know, mutually, mutually exclusive from the other. But what I'm saying is, like, what is their moral reason for doing it? I can point at mine. It's mm-hmm. a book. I've got seven of them on my shelf because <laughs> I collect them because I'm weird. The, <laughs> the Bible, that is. Uh, not people. That's <laughs> Yikes. Um, like I have a reason and a mandate to do those things from the creator of the universe, as I see it. Mm-hmm. But if you think Christianity is a whole bunch of BS,
1: what is your moral reason for doing those things that I listed? Right, and not just BS, but but ultimately you believe that we're all this cosmic accident and or yeah that
3: or you're just not sure
1: you might be in the agnostic camp
3: yeah we just can't know hmm. but either way
0: you have decided that religion in any of its forms is stupid right or yeah we'll just leave it at that we'll we'll talk about atheists and agnostics we won't bring <laughs> in other religions at this point
1: yeah and i guess i'm in the same boat as you is that i see certain behaviors and I will just assume a person is a Christian if I see them. Um, I'll just put it in the category of taking care of taking care of widows and orphans. If I see somebody doing those things, I just assume that they're a Christian. And then when I engage with them and I hear that that's not true of them, I I, I guess I'm I would say that I have a very similar response to you of I'm like, well, why? Like, why would you do this if you didn't have belief in a god and a creator if there wasn't this call uh to do
0: this and i don't know what your experience is but mine is oftentimes it's because it's the right thing to do or because people matter
3: yeah and i'm like yeah i totally agree but why but why (laughs)
0: um you know inherent dignity and being human you know whatever but like i'm like but why Mm-hmm. Like, there has to be an end point to that conversation. And mine is God in the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and that person may never get there. And I don't want them to stop doing what they're doing because no. I'm not satisfied. Like, this just sounds, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a jerk, I promise. <laughs> it's just, it's really interesting to me when I see, like, let's flip it on the other side. Let's say I knew a Christian who was going to strip clubs and doing hard drugs. And, like, doing all the things a Christian shouldn't be doing. I feel like I would have the same response to them as I do to the non-Christian who's doing Christian things. Like, uh, something doesn't line up here. Right. What's your reasoning for doing these terribly awful things that you know are wrong? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, they make me feel good. Well, duh. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So, I don't know if that helps paint my... I'm just trying to understand the motivations of people for why they do what they do when it doesn't necessarily seem to line up with their worldview. Mm -hmm. And none of us are perfect. A lot of us have, uh, Oh my gosh. What's the word? Hypocrite, hypocritical tendencies in certain areas. I almost said Hippocratic. That's for doctors. Um, (laughs) it's just, I don't know, man, people intrigue me a lot because we are complex. And confusing most of the time. Yeah. I confuse myself because I'm just like, why did I do that? I know that's a dumb thing to do. I know that's not right. I did it anyways.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And yeah, anyways, so
3: where were we? (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, so when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. It's a lot of laws, but essentially they don't have it. They still act in ways that align with it Mm -hmm. based on. What I'm going to say, and this is kind of what I, where I wanted to end up, is like, if I believe what the Bible says, then I must agree that all humans are created in the image of God. Yep. That's like a de facto, like, first page of the I agree with this list.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We, and if all people are created in the image of God, whether or not they believe in him does not change the fact that that is how they are created. And so I have to think about, the folks that are not Christians that are doing very Christian things in their life, it is because they are made in His image. Mm-hmm. whether or not they ever choose to believe that or accept that or even consider it, does not change the fact that it's true, according to what the Bible says. You know, a tiger may think it's a bear its whole life, and act like a bear. It's still going to have tiger tendencies, right? It's still going to look like a tiger, It's still going to, you know, hunt like a tiger. It's not going to scratch its back on a tree like a bear does. <laughs> you know, bear necessities, all that good stuff. That was a really bad analogy. But do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. You're over there stroking your Tom Selleck <laughs> mustache, and I got distracted. Sorry. It's impressive. Deep in thought. Um,
3: yeah. Anything else? You know, I, I, I don't know that I have anything really to say other than... Um God
1: so so God is consistent with who he is. And with God being consistent in who he is, there's an there's truth to who God is. And I guess that was just as as you were talking and and speaking about these things, it's um God
3: can't help but be true to who he is, which is is being true to himself and Um, I
1: think that. Um, again, I I just I think that is written on our hearts. I think we intrinsically know that to be true, and I don't think we always can say we can always point to it, and say this is because it's who God is. In fact, I think we're a little bit conditioned to go, oh well, it's it's how society functions, it's how the world moves forward, is because we have to have rules and people have to play by the rules. Otherwise it's chaos and everything falls apart and we, you know, society can't move forward. That's kind of how we explained it away. And I don't know if I'm articulating this very well, but, um, I guess as I heard you talking, it, it just was, um, very kind of on this simple plane for me of just, Um, God is who he is, and he's true to who he is, and that never ever changes. And it gets manifest itself, even in places where we would not normally say God is. Uh, But it's like, because it's so um, connected to who he is and how he does things, it doesn't mean it's not of God, even if somebody's not a Christian or whatever. So I I don't know if that that totally makes it makes sense but well is is it it's kind of this abstract idea of God is who he is and it, yeah. it, it manifests itself in very different uh it, in many different many ways, but it's it's it, it always kind of comes back to this is who god is and mm-hmm. so
0: would a would the statement all truth is God's truth fit into it sure yeah, yeah yeah okay yep,
1: thank you <laughs> no, I just wanna
0: that's what I was getting at, and I know yeah, that yeah. that statement doesn't encompass what you were saying but i think it's a a parallel thought mm-hmm. yeah okay cool um all right so moving on they show uh that the work of the law is written on their hearts hence the image of god thing or idea that i had um while their conscience also bears a witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when according to my gospel god judges the secrets of men by christ jesus yeah so there's more judgment uh, I am going to be on that day, assuming I am conscious and like, you know, in control of my faculties, going to be paying a lot of attention on that day. <laughs> Cause here's, here's what I have conflicting thoughts about who will be in heaven
3: and who will not,
2: mm. Interesting. uh,
0: very conflicting thoughts because on one hand I think. God is gracious, and there's going to be people in heaven that I'm like, uh, what? Uh, how did you get in here? And then there's another part of me that's like, yeah, I'll camel through the eye of a needle. It's going to be a lot less than I think. And then there's a third part of me that's like, maybe I won't even care. But, but those first two, like,
3: especially when it comes to.
0: As he says here, the Gentiles who don't have the law, but there, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, they show the work of the laws on their hearts, and while their conscience also bears witness, their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day. So that gives me pause to think, well, maybe God, there's going to be more people in heaven that I wouldn't expect to be there. But at the same time, you read other parts of the New Testament, and I think, God, oh, there's going to be a lot less. and so I just, this causes conflict within me and -hmm. it doesn't really matter what I think about it in the sense that that's not going to alter who's in heaven. Like God's not looking at me for the party list. No, but
3: I think it is, uh, interesting
0: to really kind of try and, I don't know. I'm just conflicted about it, I guess Mm -hmm. is kind of where I'm at. And that's, The only really way I can describe it is uh, it's up to God, obviously, but does that mean that it's not worthy of me to think about?
3: Mm -hmm. Because if the list is a lot shorter than I think, and I die tonight, am I in a
0: place where God's going to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant, or I never knew you, depart from me? Right. And I know it's not like a daily thing where, like, I have to get my steps in to, you know, make the cut. But that leads down the road to the once saved, always saved, or no, it's a gift. You can give it back discussion, which is what we do not have time for right now because <laughs> <laughs> we're already 45 minutes in. But I just, th- this is what Romans does to my brain is it just opens avenues into all of these different areas of the New Testament and theology that seem disparate, but when Paul talks about it, it's just like, oh, man, he's so succinct and so concise in containing, and we haven't even gotten to the big stuff yet. But, like, I don't know. That's where my brain's at when it comes to, like, the the ending of these verses. It's just Mm -hmm. like we haven't even gotten to the actual conflict between the Jews and the Gentiles. And already, my brain is going crazy places, and I don't know. Maybe I just shared that because I, I don't know what else to say. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so um,
1: I, I, as as you were talking, and and I was thinking about this. So I hope this relates. Um, for me personally, people that I have put on a pedestal probably unfairly to them but somebody that i have kind of upheld as oh this is a christian example that i should follow when i get to know them or i have any significant in- interaction with them inevitably and not because i'm looking to do this but inevitably they come down off that pedestal they 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 fall they they behave in a way that i'm like Disillusioned with what I expected them uh, to be and i don't believe I don't believe that our standard should be other people or other Christians our standard needs to be Christ and that's where we need to be striving that needs to be the standard and it needs to be between us and him and not us and the people that are around us but I but I
3: also will just say that while
1: it's disappointing to see the things that inevitably Christians do that cause me to go, oh, they're not what I thought they were. As I've gotten older, it's kind of changed my perspective. And it's just like, I think that's the reality of our Christian journey here on this earth, is we are going to continue to to stumble and fall and mess up. And um, again, it's just this idea of um, it's not up to me. I, I, I have no control over, over, well, I shouldn't say I have no control over, but um, my humanness, my sinful nature is going to reveal itself. And those who I put on this Christian pedestal of being this lifestyle that I should emulate inevitably I'm going to see something that makes me go, "Oh no, they're just they're human just like I am." And instead of being disappointed and let down by that, um I don't know if encouraged this is the word that I want to use, but I think there's 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 a reality of that of of just going, okay, this is what the Christian journey is about is that we are sinners dependent on grace and we need God and hopefully um there is evidence of pursuing him, you know, uh, we talked about this before, Proverbs, Romans, uh, I'm drawing a blank on it, or Romans, Proverbs are, I think it's Proverbs of, you know, the righteous man gets back up again, you know, what, <laughs> I can't think of what it is, um, the righteous man stumbles and gets up again, and so, um, again, I, I'm not that old, but I'm closer to 50, and as I live life, I just am like, I don't think you. I, I think at one point I had this idea of you actually arrive at this place, and I'm not so sure that that exists anymore in this life. That arriving, quote unquote, is for heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it makes sense. Or <laughs> well, that's really
2: encouraging, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, it is, it is really hard for me to think of anything beyond this life, like on a daily, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're making decisions about what you want to do, how you want to spend your time and money, how you want to relate to people. You think of here and now, right? Right. You may think about your retirement, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. making wise decisions, like trying to set yourself up in the future for success. but to even consider, you know, life in heaven beyond what's here, it gets really hard. We don't know necessarily what it's going to be like, you know, detail for detail. Uh, we don't even know who's going to be there.
1: No. Oh, and, and that's, so yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that. I think the standard is much different than what we think it's going to be.
0: Um, and so yeah, just trying to. It's a lot. I think it's a lot easier to want to arrive while you're here, because that's like a somehow tangible goal, even though what does arriving even mean? Right.
2: Oh, sure. That's a
0: whole sort of kaleidoscope, you know, of just different stuff. But somehow that seems easier than, well, you here is a process, and then you know your glorification is in heaven, which duh, it is. But that's, that doesn't help, you know, on a Tuesday in March when, you know, crap just hit the fan. I don't know why I picked Tuesday
3: in March. <laughs> that was
0: weird. But you get what I'm saying. Like, it's just hard for me to try and live, you know, with the, the eternal perspective that you hear tossed around a lot, right? Because I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I haven't experienced eternity. In the sense of, like, you know, touching it. In my mind, I have because I I know God and I know Jesus and I know the Holy Spirit and then the Bible, you know, spells certain aspects of it out to me. But reading it and in huge air quotes here, understanding it, right, that's very different than experiencing it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I can watch all the war movies and read all the war books I want. I will not know what war is like until I experience it. Oh, yeah. And I really don't want to experience it. It sounds terrible and awful and no good. But it's one thing to read about it and to see reenactments of it. It's totally another thing to be part of it. And that's kind of how I feel about Eternity in Heaven is like,
3: I've read a lot about it.
0: Um,
3: I think I'm pretty close with the guy who runs it
0: but until i'm there don't know yeah like i'm just you know punching in the dark here
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of how i feel about it and that can get really frustrating sometimes yeah. when you just want like a freaking answer
1: about <laughs> something you
0: know anyways
1: okay so proverbs twenty four, fifteen, and 16 is what i was thinking of and it says lie not in wait as a wicked man Against the dwelling of the righteous, do not do no violence to his home, for the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. And so there's kind of this idea of, yeah, we're gonna fall, but we're gonna get back up again. And I'll 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 email this to you, and it probably seems a little bit cheesy, but uh, I saw Will Smith of all people video on Can Facebook or something. <laughs> where, you know, he was basically talking about, you know, people that we kind of hold up as successful and people that have done well in life are generally people that have learned to fail. And it's, and they don't just fail, but they learn from their failure. And failure doesn't define them. They don't get defeated by failure. They learn from their failure. And well, I don't believe that this was Will Smith's intent when he was saying that. I think that is a biblical principle, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. God's truth is truth, regardless of who he is is speaking it. It it's true because it's true, and I think that's one of those things that um, Will Smith, when he's talking about this un, you know, unwillingly, unwittingly, and un, unintentionally, you know. He's trying to convey this message that is timely and is true because who God is and for no other reason. And I think sometimes that's hard for us to accept that failure is worth embracing. And if we can learn to embrace our failures and learn from our failures, uh, then we'll quote unquote be a success.
3: So. Anyway. Mm -hmm.
0: I like it. We'll have all that stuff in the show notes, too.
3: (laughs) I promise
0: that I will actually do. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's go ahead and call it here. Sounds good. We only made it through half of what we wanted to talk about, Mm -hmm. but we're almost at an hour, and uh, I have to go home and probably put my kid to bed. Fair enough. So. Who knows, by the time you listen to this, my kid might not be uh, a one-year-old who doesn't sleep. <laughs> Maybe she'll have figured out that sleep is very, very, very important for both her and for mom and dad. Yes. Anyways, uh, no, she's great. I love her. She's wonderful. She's super cute. You should all want your babies to look like mine. <laughs> she. I, I will give you that. You have a good-looking kid yeah that's why i'm wondering if she's mine just kidding she totally is (laughs) she She, looks like you she's totally mine that was a really (laughs) bad joke to make i apologize the good thing is i guarantee you my wife will not listen to this (laughs) (laughs) love you honey (laughs) anyways uh all right that's it we will continue on um with the back half of what dave read earlier in chapter two um if you want to write in, uh, share your thoughts, your perspective, your stories with us, we would really appreciate it, uh, so we can then, in turn, share all of that with the other listeners. Um, If you want to get in touch, links are in the show notes. Dave's Twitter, uh, at David J. Hoag. I'm at Cam Brennan. You can email us, hello at supermegacorp.net. And if uh you want to be really nice and generous, you can go to our Patreon page patreon.com slash that link is also in the show notes you can check out what we've got going on over there uh it'd be kind of fun to add some more people to the wall of fame
1: yes, give you guys an official absolutely.
0: uh corporation uh membership certificate um and then to those that are patrons right now thank you very very much you guys are all great and gals I say that because there's more girl patrons than there are male patrons. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks, sisters. All right. I say that because they're my actual sisters, not because I was trying. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, We were doing so good. And then I (laughs) took it off the rails, like I usually do. All right. Until next time. Bye. Stay classy.